Hello, and welcome to the best podcast ever. I am your host, Jason Barden. Today's date is July 16th. I have with me my cohorts in action. April Mitchell. And Chris Scott. And we're here to bring you some entertainment news in the geekdom. So, uh... We'll go ahead and uh, start off some video game news. I promise it won't be too long uh, in terms of much because there wasn't too much I could find this week. So, uh, World of Warcraft, uh, of course, Tomb of Sargeras is out. Uh, the Mythic Progression, uh, for, uh, well, there are currently nine teams, eight of nine as of yesterday. So, uh, yeah, uh, who's going to be the first to down kill Jaden? I guess we'll have to wait and find out because nobody has gotten that title yet. Um, uh, moving on, uh, patch 7.3, because we just love about t- talking about patches. Uh, oh, shit, my bad. Actually, uh, as of uh, 4.31 today, because I didn't check my records here, it looks like Method has won world first for on 654 wipes on Kill Jaden to get Mythic level difficulty one. So... Rats. Oh my god, look at all the druids. They had two druid tanks, uh, one druid healer, two druid balanced druids representing all the druids out there. Holy crap. Yeah, so uh, Gratz method. Uh, I'd like to change and uh, change that up because uh, I should have checked that before we uh, did this. So uh, that's awesome. So Funny. It didn't seem druish. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm not surprised by method taking it because they seem to do a very good job and I think they're probably well organized. Anyways, uh, Grass Method. So, um, patch 7.3, um, we'll have Light Forge Golem mounts. You can go check those out on the MMO Champion. And uh, if you're familiar with any of the other one, like the Sky, uh, Sky Golem, anything like that, it's kind of like that. And it looks really cool because it's like glowy white light. So, you know, think light Sky Golem with glowy effects. So, don't know how you get it. Looks cool. I hope it's not hard to make. I'm going to guess engineers maybe, but who knows. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is bringing us some new gear over at the BlizzCon, uh, Blizzard gear store. So, if you want to check out, if you're a Blizzard fan and like paying full price and not wait for the Blizz- uh, or Blizzard deals, then, uh, go ahead and check out the, uh, store and see what they got. Because, uh, it looked like a couple good things, uh, uh, but nothing too exciting. Anyways, uh, congratulations to the Justice League of Scenarius for getting seven of nine on normal, not Woo! mythic. But yeah, um, we got to the fallen avatar and we just kind of like looked at him and we're like, okay, we're done for the night because we only had like five minutes. <laughs> so we're like, let's not even try. We'll worry about him next week. Um, moving on to away from World of Warcraft, the game that I love talking about. Player Knowns Battlegrounds is getting a first-person-only server, which I talked about, I believe. If I didn't, well, now you know. Um, which will make peeking around corners and over fences harder, as you'll have to be visibly doing so, pointing your head around the corner to actually look. Because before, you get third-person view, so you can actually not be around the corner, targetable or shootable, and you can actually see around the corner. Because... The one favorite thing that like, most of us do is we'll stand at top of stairs and just kind of be outside of view, but we can still see people trying to come up the stairs, so we can just turn right and blow them away as soon as they're trying to come up the stairs. Or down the stairs, who knows. How, however you want to be like positioned. It's more of a waiting game. And uh, so that's kind of cool. The update will be included in their next monthly update, so it'll probably be sometime later this month. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Oculus Rift plus Touch System is on sale for $399 for a six-week sale. Um, this is a good deal, um, as it was $800 six months ago, so it's like half the price right now of what you would pay. Plus, plus they're giving you the Touch System with it for free. Well, included in the price. Don't know if you'd say free. Um, but they also kind of, you know, spoiled this by saying that they're going to um, sometime... Uh, what did I say? Uh, they're going to be creating a $200 standalone device um, for release next year, so I think it might be worth waiting. Um, if you really want to kind of get into VR, now's the time to jump into VR now. But if you are willing to wait the year, it's probably better to hold out for the $200. But who knows, because you're probably not going to get the touch system, so you're going to probably have to drop another $100 for the touch system. So, you know, you're still, like, maybe saving 100 bucks. But I'm sure there'll be some bundled deals, though, next year, so... Holding out, you always save money. Um, my last bit of uh, gaming news. Um, I, I announced back uh, a couple uh, weeks ago 
a good while ago, actually, that uh, Steam banned uh, about 15,000 players. Well, they've upped the ante and banned 40,411 cheating accounts um, based on the Steam database. Um, this is a record high um, because it was in October 2016, which is the time in which we had the 15,227 bans. Um, an additional 4,972 accounts have also been banned on top of the 40,000 um, just by people like reporting in-game. So that's more like the users kind of reporting people for cheating and uploading videos and all that kind of stuff for it. So, so I'm glad Steam's kind of dropping that hammer because uh, player known, I have never really encountered as far as I under It's really hard though to tell who's cheating in a game because you just assume, oh, that guy just was really, he must have had a four times or eight times scope across the map and just shot me. <laughs> but maybe he had no scope and just shot you anyways because, you know, it's kind of hard that game to tell. So anyways, that's all I got. Way to go, Steam. Um, player unknown battleground, looking forward to it. So... Yay! Let's go ahead and move on to Famous Birthdays. Everybody loves Famous Birthdays, and there's some really good ones coming up this week. Let us uh, in on the uh, deal, DL. Okay. Today's birthdays are Corey Feldman, born 1971. Um, I liked him best in The Lost Boys, Gremlins, The Goonies, and Stand By Me. And he's the voice of young copper on the fox and the hound. Aww. Then you have Phoebe Cates, born 1963. Uh, she was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Hmm, Gremlins. It's a Gremlin day. And one of my favorite movies, Date with an Angel. Uh, she was in Drop Dead Fred and Princess Caribou. She played Princess Caribou. Spoilers. Um, July 17th, we've got Donald Sutherland, born 1935. Um, we all know him as being in the Hunger Games franchise as... Um, Snow. Oh, yeah. Got him snow. Uh, he played Merrick in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was in Outbreak, one of my favorite movies, Fallen, with Denzel Washington. Uh, Space Cowboys. He was in Cold Mountain. Uh, he plays the father in Pride and Prejudice. And he played uh, John Bell, the guy who was the main person being haunted in the Bell Witch story in the movie An American Haunting. He's also Canadian. Then you've got Biddy Schramm, born 1968. The only thing I even care about is that she was Sharona in Monk. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. July 18th, we've got Vin Diesel, who, I, as I like to say, is definitely a D&D &D player. Yay. Um, he was born in 1967. He's in pretty much most, all but like one or two of the Fast and Furious movies. He was in Tokyo Drift. He was just uncredited because it was very brief. Yeah. Um, he's Xander Cage in two of the three Triple X movies, the first one and the third one. Ironically enough, it was the first one and the third one I liked. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, what was that? Oh, something of State wasn't as good. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 is Groot. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was voice of Baby Groot. He plays Riddick in the Riddick movies as well as Pitch Black. That's how he got a start as Riddick, was in Pitch Black. I've seen it. It's good. Um, he was in Saving Private Ryan, The Last Witch Hunter. And uh, he's going to be grouped in the Avengers Infinity War, which is filming right surprise, now. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and then July 19th, yeah, he's so big he gets his own day to himself. July 19th is where it gets fun. All right, since you don't have the picture in front of you, Chris, I'm going to tell you what yours is. Hang on here just a second. Okay. Um, there's a little game. I remember it being passed on Facebook a while back, so I found it. And it's called... What is your Benedict Cumberbatch name? Pretty much, what's your mispronunciation of Benedict Cumberbatch? So, the first letter of your first name is C, and the last letter of your last name is T, so S. you are... Oh, Wait, you said last first letter name, of my last name? La last letter of your last name. Oh, yeah, then T. T. So, your name is... Your mispronunciation is Benadryl Number Crunch. <laughs> I like it. You, Jason, uh -oh. are Back It Up, Thunder Munch. Yep, that's more right. And I am Blubber Butt, Cupboard Latch. <laughs> so anyways, what I was getting at is it's Benedict Cumberbatch's birthday on the 19th. He was born in 1976 in Hammersmith, London, England. 
Um, he was a royalist in To Kill a King. He's been in Atonement, Frankenstein, War Horse, in The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. He was a necromancer. In Star Trek Into Darkness, he was Khan. Khan! In 12 year, he was in 12 Years a Slave. And then in The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. not only was he once again the necromancer, he's the voice of Smog. Then he was in The Imitation Game. And then The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. again, he's necromancer slash Smog. Uh, he's in Zoolander 2, Doctor Strange, and he plays the title character Sherlock in Sherlock. Yay, back it up, Cumberbunch. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Back, no, it's back it up, Thunder. Munch. Thunder Munch. And Chris was something, thun, mun, Number Crunch. Mm. Number Crunch. All right. Benadryl Crunch. Benadryl, Benadryl crunch. Number Crunch. So also born on July 19th is Jared Padalecki, born 1982. I only care about the fact that he's been in Supernatural and Gilmore Girls. Okay. July 20th is Judy Greer, born 1975. She's Maggie Lang in Ant-Man. She's in What Women Want. She plays the backstabbing best friend in 13 Going on 30. Uh, she's in The Village. She's in 27 Dresses. She's in the show The Descendants. And you might know her as Ingrid Fatty Magoo Nelson in It's Always sun Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, okay, yeah. And then the other birthday that I liked on the 20th is John Yay! Francis Daly, born 1985. He's three years, no, yeah, he's three years younger than me and Jason. He played, of course, Sweets, Sweets. and Bones, and I have a picture of him with me because we met. Yay. And just because it's still fresh in all of, our, all of the rock music lovers' minds, uh, also born on July 20th is Chris Cornell. He was born 1964. He died May 18th of this year. He was the lead singer of Soundgarden. And there's still, still stipulation, you know, whatever. They still don't know what's going on with his death. Anyways. Conspiracy theorists are off. July 21st is Robin Williams, born 1951, died August 11, 2014. There is so much he's done that I didn't list it. Just remember your favorites in your mind and you'll be good. And then the other one is Juno Temple, born 1989. For anyone who's seen Maleficent, she played Thistlewit the fairy, the blonde fairy. Um, she's in Atonement. She was Jen in The Dark Knight Rises. She's in Horns, The Three Musketeers, and The Other Boleyn Girl. July 22nd, we have Willem Dafoe, born 1955. We all know he's in Spider-Man. Oh, is he? He was Gil in Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. He's in John Carter. I loved him in the Boondock Saints and the Boondock Saints, yeah. too. All Saints Day. Oh, this is the name of it. He was also in Triple X State of the Union. That's the name of the second one, State mm -hmm. of the Union. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he was in Shadow the Vampire, The English Patient, and Platoon, just to name a few. Those are the ones that I recognize. And then you have John Leguizamo, born 1964 in Bogota, Colombia. Hmm. He's Sid in the Ice Age movies. He was Toulouse-Lautrec in Moulin Rouge. He played Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet. Oh, He's yeah. in John Wick and John Wick 2. He's in Kick-Ass 2. And my personal favorite, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. And he was in Super Mario Brothers. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then one more. We have Reese Ifans, born 1967 in Wales. He plays the blonde brother in Little Nicky. He plays the lizard in The Amazing Spider-Man. He is the Mad Hatter's father, Zanuck Hightop, in Alice Through the Looking Glass. And he's Mycroft Holmes in the Elementary Television Series. He's in The Five-Year Engagement, and he's in Elizabeth the Golden Age. Don't forget about Colin Ferguson. And we have Colin Ferguson, born 1972, who was in Eureka, Haven, and the Vampire Diaries. There are your birthdays for this week. Oh, uh, uh. oh wait, that's not Alright, let's go ahead and transition over to some uh, Spider-Man. We, we talked about Spider-Man some Hobgoblin. Oh, wait, that was the phone. Anyways, uh, I like Spider-Man. Don't you like Spider-Man, Chris? 
You mean with Mr. Willem Dafoe? Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yes. Yes. So, bringing it all in for Homecoming. Yes. And, you know, once you actually see the movie, you kind of understand what they meant by Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, well, yeah, we'll put it that way. And, of course, this will be a spoiler-free review. So, you know, I will give you my thoughts, my feelings on the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, my normal grading you know, scale and whatnot, and go from there. So, um, actually, very beginning, which isn't really as much a spoiler as it's kind of something to look forward to, you actually see the time where you, right, just right before you meet up with, um, you see him, um, in Civil War. You actually see him getting the suit and then getting called by Tony. He's like, under ruse! And then he, he's like, oh, gotta go. So, that was kind of funny, but it's like, you see that, and then you, and then it transitions to, I want to say it was two, um, two months after, all this happens two months after the events of Civil War. So, um, in the whole context of things, I mean, since Civil War came out, you've had Doctor Strange came out, and then you also had Guardians came out, which, of course, you know, don't have to fall into the same timeline luckily which is nice but you know the things that i okay things that i liked about this movie it is the youngest portrayal of spider-man peter parker that we've seen because if you look at toby Maguire, he was more of um i'd say like junior junior or senior in high school and then you know they want i think no i think they were seniors in the original spider-man and continuing on and then with andrew garfield same thing he was like older i mean he is legit 15 in this movie that's what they're playing him off as a 15 year old peter parker which is i thought perfect you know you got you you've got that side of he's somewhere between superhero and fanboy and it's just like where he's trying to juggle that and i can i can assure people that this is not Iron Man 3.5. <laughs> yeah, you, you'd heard that. You'd heard that too, Jason. Yeah. Everybody was worried that with all this promotion with um, Robert Downey Jr. being in it, it's just going to be Iron Man 3.5. Yeah. Yeah. I if if memory serves me correctly, he might have eight total minutes of screen time. Huh. That's it. Without his Iron Man suit. Total. Hmm. Okay. Total, and that includes if the suit just happens. You know, any sight of the suit or Tony Stark, right. period. Good, good, good. So it's all Spider-Man um, for the yeah. part. Uh, of course, Marissa Tomei playing Aunt May again. I mean, <laughs> still hot, you know, playing hot Aunt May. Which is... I'm, I'm okay with hot Aunt May. <laughs> oh. Um, at Michael Keaton as the freaking vulture. Oh my god, the... I swear, you know, of course, I always think of him as the original Batman, you know, 1989, you know, the Dark Knight and all that, but, you know, seeing him turn to these bad guy roles lately, you know, this, when he was in, he was kind of the um, asshole CEO of um, OCP and RoboCop, the when they remade RoboCop a few years back, Um now he seems to be nowadays being able to play both the really good role and the really, you know, the really good person and the really bad person equally well. So I think his character really brought a good depth to the movie. Hmm. Um, honestly, uh, oddly enough, you actually got to see <laughs> um, John Favreau was in the movie as Happy Hogan. I think there was more screen time of John Favreau in this movie than any of all of the amount of time he spent in the other three Iron Man movies combined. Which is kind of funny. But, I mean, the cast all together was really good. I mean, you know, when you had Peter and all of them, you have, you know, because you're still seeing the interactions of him in school and all that. So, you know, him still having to balance out being a kid, but also working with Tony Stark and the Avengers. So you had a lot of like I said, he he was still trying to be a fanboy, but like you know, trying to be like, "Ah, I want to I want to do this and I want I want to be with you guys." And well, what can you do? 
Uh, overall, I thought it was a good movie. The visuals were nice. Well, actually, the visuals were really nice. Plot was decent. I just felt like that there were times that it was it did just lag a little bit, in my so opinion. You found a few moments where you weren't paying attention. Yeah, basically, or I very, very good and you know good spots where I could take my little bathroom break and <laughs> not feel like I missed anything. I'm like, come back, and I'm like, nope, didn't miss anything. Um, will it lead? Did it have any good lead-in to home uh, to Infinity War? Definitely not. Did they have not... any good endings at the end? Oh wait, oh, I guess we're not there yet. Oh, uh, oh, Spoilers. I'm I'm kind of just going over. I'm just kind of going through things. So, yeah, plot was decent. Um, plot was decent. Visuals were good. Acting was pretty good, especially Michael Keaton and Tom Holland was, I think, playing the Peter this particular version of Peter Parker really well. Like I said, the fanboy. Fanboy, fanboy slash, you know, students still together trying to mix those two. Um, post credit scene, yeah, just yeah, no. Um, mm -hmm. let me put it this way: this was a post credit scene. You could have actually, you could just find what, find out what somebody said, or wait till it comes, you know, wait till it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray post credit scene is not worth not, not necessarily work waiting to the end. Aww. Period. You know, I hate to say that because, I mean, come on, Marvel is really ballsing out when they do that all the time, and... Yeah. So, not Deadpool awesome. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, and I mean, like, and I'll go into this in the entertainment news, I mean, it di it is currently right now at almost um... 470 million worldwide after just two weeks but you know will it stay in the theater as long as wonder woman has probably not probably but i'll get to wonders. that in entertainment news um, um what would you rate for... it hmm? what would you rate it out of 10 oh well i was going to go to our normal rating system oh sorry the yeah in the scale of um you know movie were you know movie worthy dvd worthy or not worthy if you are a Mar diehard Marvel fan, then you movies, watched it. Movie worthy. <laughs> if you're on the fence that way, or you're one of these people like, am I really having to see another rendition of Spider-Man? DVD worthy, but to keep up with the continuity. Of course, if you're not a fan, it's not worthy, but that doesn't count. You know, why would you be listening to this section of the podcast for that one? So, I would say it's. DVD worthy, leaning on movie worthy. If you're really wanting to have that either theatrical view of it or the fact that you know you want to just you, you are that big of a fan of Spider-Man. So on a on a scale of one to ten, honestly, I'd probably give it a seven. Solid okay. seven. Okay. So it's like but that between. that's wrapping up that. All right. Uh. So, uh, moving on to some tech talk. Um, okay. I kind of... I've, I knew about this a while back ago, at least earlier at the beginning of this month when I did my PC build, but um, they just announced... A, well, AMD announced the uh, pricing for their new 12-core and 16-core uh, Risen Threadripper. This thing is huge. If you look at it, the palm of your hand, it's like the size of the palm of your hand. Compared to the smaller, like, if you're at all familiar with processors, you could probably fit 2.5 processors in this thing. Because this thing is a double core. So, this thing is huge. Which means that you're going to have a whole new line of motherboard. Of course, every single motherboard has a different socket anyways. But this thing is going to be huge on a motherboard, period. So, they released the prices. Uh, the 16 core is going to be $999. So, pretty much $1,000. That's pretty expensive. Uh, 32 threads at 3.4 gigahertz. Uh, the so-called name is 1950X. Uh, the 12 core is $200 cheaper at $799 or rounded $800 with 24 threads and three, at running at 3.5 gigahertz. So a little bit faster. And its name, name is the 1920X if you are trying to look this up. They said it'll ship early August. And uh, yeah. 
Hopefully this will drop the prices on their current lines of 16, 1700, and 1800s and the X's in each of those series. So if you're thinking about buying a processor, you may want to wait one or two months for the prices on the older stuff for, by AMD. But yeah, these processors are still $1,000 cheaper than the i9s that Intel's got. So uh, yeah, it's probably worth going AMD as AMD starts picking up more of the market share because of these processors that are so much cheaper. So that's cool. So if you're thinking about building a computer, look into that in about a month or so. Wait just for prices on the cheaper ones to come down. Um, the post office, we're all familiar with the post office, um, is delivering Amazon packages below cost. Surprise, surprise. Uh, this can be seen as an unfair advantage for Amazon. Yeah, of course. Um, and will accelerate the killing of the brick and mortar businesses because, uh, yeah. So we're pretty much subsidizing. We, the U.S. people, are subsidizing the post office to deliver Amazon packages for us with our Prime Day deliveries and all that kind of stuff. So, not a surprise, because we all know the, you know, the USPS delivers on Sundays and not, you know, the standard FedEx people. So, and a lot of your packages may get transferred over to USPS once they're in your local area because it's cheaper. So, and understandably so, because they want some of the business, so the post office could stay in business, and Amazon gets a super awesome cheap deal at delivering stuff. So, thought that was interesting. Um... Radiologists, be warned, you may be replaced, or at least reduced in numbers, or maybe not making as much money as you'd hopefully expect, because uh, who received, okay, so radiologists, they receive years of training, and are some of the highest paid doctors um, among um, the first physicians who, uh, and are among the first few physicians that will have to adapt to the new AI expansion, artificial intelligence into the healthcare, um, says a report from CNN. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I was a student for a professor, uh, me personally, <laughs> who was uh, working on this exact issue. He was using CUDA cores. Um, if you're familiar with the NVIDIA chips, um, each one has a core um, and is programmable and they can run in parallel. So you can parallel process like a, sh like a crap ton of these um, video cards so that they all can perform like these cool tasks. It's really easy to program them in C++ too, which is the cool thing. So um, anyway, he was identifying these potential tumors and all these um, scans and he was enhancing them. So over time he would enhance the images of potential tumors um, which then could be with algorithms, um, well, the, sorry, the tumors themselves were being enhanced with algorithms, but these could potentially be sent off to artificial intelligence, which is what's keep coming in play here, um, which would be able to predict whether, or determine, not predict, determine whether or not the patient has tu a tumor or not, like a cancerous tumor. Um, so... This is kind of interesting. I, I mean, like, I have some actual experience with this. And it's, it's really, I, I don't know. Like, I think AI should take over just reading all radiology stuff. Like, because there are chances the doctor's going to miss something. And, I mean, granted, you, it, it, there might be a new case with a different kind of tumor, which might not, the intel, artificial intelligence might not be present to understand. But at least it could weed through, like, which ones it thinks are high probability versus low probability. Um, and then maybe prioritize everything that comes in for the radiologists, if not already determined, like, oh, yeah, that's an obvious one. Just go ahead and sign that off. Don't even have the radiologist because we know it is. Or we know absolutely with 99.999999% prob like, probability that it is or isn't a tumor. So anyways, that's cool. I think it's cool. So uh, moving on to other things that I think are cool. Google's Life Sciences Unit is releasing 20 million bacteria-infected mosquitoes in Fresno, California. Mm. Uh, I've heard about this. This is research that came out about a year ago, and it was kind of used to determine that it's a potential way of drastically reducing the populations, if not completely removing the populations of all mosquitoes in areas. Um, the plan is to release millions of mosquitoes a month up to uh, a month up to December um, to reduce, if not eliminate, the Zika-carrying Aedes aegypti mosquito, which we all know is prevalent. Um, and well, it's, we don't know it's prevalent in their area, but it's prevalent in their area. But we know it as what is carrying like pretty much all the human-born kind of diseases, like Z well, obviously Zika. 
Um, and the reason why they're doing this in Fresno was because there was an actual person who has, uh, who had uh, Zika in that area. So now everybody's worried that a mosquito bit them and kind of is spreading it. And so there could be potential cases. So we need to eliminate all these specific types of mosquitoes. And I didn't know, but there are lots of different, different types of mosquitoes. So like hundreds of different types of mosquitoes. So yeah, so they can target specific mosquitoes with this attack because they're just going to release this specific type of mosquito. And there's so many males that they'll, and the, when the males breed, they don't produce um, offspring, which is the whole point. So like they're, they're just over, you know, overloading the population with males and then therefore no actual offspring is being made. And so it's crashing the whole entire system. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, and oh, this is, uh, if, if you're not familiar with um, Google's life services, servant services or sciences, um, this is a, uh, one of the companies under Alphabet, which is Google's parent company. So yeah, keep it up. I hope it works because this could be awesome for us removing mosquitoes like from our population that could potentially be causing us to be at risk for certain types of diseases. So, or yeah, viruses and stuff. Anyways, my last bit, um, and that, speaking of Google, because we all love Google, if you Google. don't, then, well, okay, maybe Google could be evil, who knows? But they always put on a smiling face, like Walmart, so, of course, we all think Walmart's probably evil. Anyways, um, personal opinion. Uh, Google to replace one-time SMS codes with mobile prompts in two-step verification called 2SV procedures starting next week. So if you are using the SMS, which you should at least have some form of two-factor authorization on your device, and I'm sure Google's already pushed this onto you uh, because it is ideal so that people can't compromise your email accounts or and or other Google services that you might have, um, like Google Docs, Google everything Google. So uh, the reason why they're doing this, um, oh, sorry, we'll start off with this. Users will be invited to try mobile prompts instead of receiving an SMS. Every time a customer tries to log into Google, um, it will show a prompt on their phone asking for the account owner to approve the login request. I will be moving. Uh, <laughs> I will be moving to this as hackers. Oh wait, yeah, I personally will be moving this to um, this as hackers have been known to compromise phone accounts, and uh, like some of the old issues, like we, we saw some of those leaked iPhone like video, like what is it? Those accounts. Uh, what is it, the iShare stuff or iCloud? Yeah, the iCloud stuff. So, you know, you just compromise somebody's SMS phone phone number because you can just call, like, your carrier and get the phone number transferred to a different phone so that when you receive the SMS text messages, you'll receive them on the other phone that you, the hacker, has. And then he'll just get all your text messages and login. So if he figures out your login, like your, your username and password, he just has to know your... And, like, these are usually targeted attacks, but it could potentially happen to anybody that they want to target. Um... One of the more malicious kind of things and attacks that are out there, like some of the researchers, um, this one researcher, I forgot what his name is, uh, he was targeted because um, they just looked up his domain online. He had a specific web domain. They looked up his, all of his information based on that, went to Facebook, looked up every single possible bit they could possibly get from this, and they called the carrier and ended up getting his services, his SMS compromised. They compromised his web domain. It's crazy. So anyways, uh, Google's moving to this new prompt system. Why is the prompt system better than SMS? Because it's not related to a character or carrier, I should say. It's because it's it's through Google, so it's it's more controlled by Google, so it's safer. So I advise everybody who has this option to remove to move to the new um, two F, two BS or two SVA, I should say, system because the new two step verification system because it's way better. That's it. I'm off my soapbox. Go. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on to entertainment news. Oh my god, so much entertainment news to go over. It's like crazy. So let's start off with what I normally do. Um, the week, the week's box office. Uh, of course, War for the Planet of the Apes smashed in fifty-six and a half million dollars, which knocked Spider-Man: Homecoming down to number two. Yeah. This is what I was getting at during my um, review of that. Spider-Man: Homecoming it made forty-five point two million, but dropped sixty-one percent week over week, hmm. which is lower, which is even a bigger drop than any of this Phase Two uh, Marvel movies. And that's Iron Man three, Thor two, which, in my opinion, sucked ass. <laughs> 
Um, Guardians, which we knew rocked. Um, Ant-Man and... I'm blanking out on another one. <laughs> it was another sequel. Oh. But yeah, so it dropped 61%. After I saw the movie, I figured, so, yeah, it was going to take a hard so, drop. So, so that probably goes to show that the people who really wanted to see it went and saw it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I mean, rounding out the top five was Despicable Me 3, of course. Uh, Baby Driver. And then that, I was very happy to see this, The Big Sick, which... I know there have been advertisements about yeah. this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, finally got a, a wider release. Actually ended up in the fifth spot at 7.6 million. Cool. So, you know, for a movie that I, I'm i not even showing an amount what it was budgeted for. Oh, no, yeah. I don't even show its budget. Has made $16 million. Well, it's so, getting I mean, really great reviews. So Yeah, that's what I've heard. So... Um, I was very happy to see that Wonder Woman was actually still holding in on sixth place with only a 30% drop over last week and almost another 7 million, bringing it to 380, 380 million domestically, 764 worldwide. Um, from what I've seen, it is now 30th ranked all time domestic gross movies. It has just beat out. Star Wars, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King with domestic sales. The next one on it, the next three on its uh, radar, Finding Nemo, Mm -hmm. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows 2, and Guardians 2. Yay! So, I mean, all, all it has to do is another week just like it did. Another 6 million domestically, and it, well, I mean, come on! For a movie like that, it is broached 30th, you know, you know, top 30 domestic grossing movies. I'm very excited about that. You know how I've been feeling about that movie for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yarr. So I'm very happy to see that. Uh, the rest of this is just a whole shit ton of just, of, this, of, of course, uh, this is all pre-San Diego Comic-Con explosions going Yay, out there. Comic-Con. Not to be undone. This weekend was the D23 Expo, which for us Disney fans know that it is the big <laughs> Disney Expo that they have every year. Because everybody has to have an expo. It, pretty much. So, big shit that's coming out here. Uh, we saw the first trailer for A Wrinkle in Time. Wait, they own The Wrinkle in Time? Yes, they do. Huh. Okay. So that, that was a big trailer that came out. Um, another uh, female director, which um, by the look of the trailer looks awesome you've got you know some kids that are unknowns to myself you've got you know that's, it looks like they're trying action, to right? they're trying to save chris pine a recall time and, to be live action right it's live that's, action that's total live action yeah okay. um all live action you get to see <laughs> oprah look like oprah kind of looks like she's like an older version of storm from x-men i can believe that yeah, you just you got to look for those kind of pictures. Um, announcements of the, the actors for the live-action version of Aladdin. Um, the three that were noted were um, Mena Masmud, which I he's playing Aladdin, and mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but uh, looks like he showed up in uh, Jack Ryan, Saving Hope. Um, it looks like he's had very, you know, some roles, but very, you know, not much screen time at all. So, um, he's going to be a relative, relative unknown to play Aladdin. Uh, Power Rangers own Naomi Scott will be playing um, Jasmine. And get ready for this one. Mm. The, genie, the genie has been cast. Ugh. It is Will Smith. I knew that. You heard that one, April? Yep, earlier today. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Like, yeah, I'm kind of questionable. It should have been somebody one. who is like Robin Williams, us kind of thing, is what I'm feeling. So, I know. I, I'm, we I all feel, feel you. that. Okay, I'm gonna have a hard time watching that if I watch it. Yeah. Uh, big things um, concerning the um, resorts. Uh, Star Wars. It's the, the official land that they're gonna have is officially got a name. It is gonna be called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It's basically supposed to be set in a remote trading post on the edge of wild space, you know, so 
you know, lots of crap could be going on. So that sounds like it's going to be exciting. Um, I see that, you know, other other things with the resorts. They got big things planned for Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary, which oddly enough also happens to be my parents' 50th anniversary in 2021. Um, looks like they're going to do stuff to Epcot. I've heard they're throwing in a new land, and i got to remember which one. They're putting it in between America... Like, right next to you, America or in France or Germany or something like that. I think it was supposed to be... Oh, Brazil. They're adding in Brazil. So, that'll be interesting. Hmm. Um, they're adding in a Ratatouille-inspired attraction to the French Pavilion. Hell, I'm sorry. The French Pavilion is perfect just because it has Napoleons. You know, that nice little decadent ice, um, like cake kind of thing. It's beautiful. It's, it's delicious. Yum. But I think Ratatouille uh, was a good movie. That'd be a great addition. That, well, that, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see, you know, I want to see more of the uh, Pixar stuff actually get life yeah. in the parks more. You know, more than just Toy Story. Uh, Tron is finally fucking coming to the Magic Kingdom. They're doing the light cycle power run, which is like a roller coaster where you're on two seated lights, um, light cycles. Wait, which I get to drive a light that. cycle around? Hmm? I get to drive a light cycle around? Yeah, I don't think so, so much. Oh. Uh, they're going to have a Star Wars-themed resort. So that... Okay, I might have to try to stay there. A um, couple of other... Th you know, They're adding to their cruise line. A Toy Story Land is opening up next summer. Probably in Hollywood Studios, kind of where they used to have... Um, not the Honey... Not Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but... Well, no, actually... Yeah, that would have been probably like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of thing. Never mind. I stand corrected. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, they got a lot of stuff planned. Of course, one of the bigger things that had come down was they had, um, you know, announcements of all the big movies that they're working on. Um, a, they are, Kingdom Hearts 3 will be coming out in the near future. Interesting. I know. That has been so long since that's come out. Um, or since it's, since even, you know, any of the previous ones came right. out of course there was a big thing on infinity war you had the whole cast up you know most of the cast up there um apparently they saw like a teaser trailer and it sounds like it's awesome but it is not shown its way onto the internet probably next week after san diego comic-con yeah um we saw mary um emily blunt dressed up to the nines in the mary poppins outfit for mary poppins return um we're getting dumbo in 20 march of 2019 live action live action Ugh. and last but not least for d23 behind the scenes job. footage from the last jedi set Yay! yes so i have not watched that video yet but you know it sounds like it's going to be impressive um not of course not to be undone there you've got entertainment weekly you know one of my actual favorite magazines for getting information uh they have their big comic-con preview first section of it is all black panther sweet i mean they are really going to the nines with these outfits forrest whitaker looks fucking badass he's holding like this like pole arm with a big knife it almost looks like a big um knife on the end of it looks freaking sweet uh chesman boswick looking awesome in the um in the black panther outfit angela bassett it is as his mom the queen looks pretty nice wow. i mean they had some really good pictures in this um blade runner 2049 they've got some pics in there i don't know how excited you are about that jason he's got some gnarly claws though Hmm? <laughs> He's got some gnarly claws. I'm looking at images of it. Oh, yep, yep. And one of the big ones that I've seen, of course, I was excited for this one. You saw the first... Oh, yeah. ...teaser picture of Ty Sheridan, who, oddly enough, in the picture is wearing a visor, and most people best know him for wearing a visor or a pair of rose-colored glasses because he's Cyclops in X-Men Apocalypse and X-Men Dark Phoenix, the new movie that'll be coming out. Yay! Um, Ty Sheridan is playing the character of Parzival or Wade Watts, the main pro the protagonist of Ready Player One. 
Yeah, all I'm going to say is I'm going to have to go over my Ready Player One primer again because the person that did a like two-minute video for Entertainment Weekly, I'm like, dude, you balls that up in my head. I'm like, I'm going to have to redo one myself and make sure that goes viral because I'm like, he's like, oh, things from like 50 years ago. I'm like, dude, it's only been 40 years. Come on, the 80s are not that far, you know, 30 year, you know, 30 plus years ago. It's not that far away. Come on now. Hmm. Like you guys, it's like saying you guys are in your 50s. No thanks. And the book only takes place, like, 25 years from now. Yeah, I was going to say, it's on my list of actual books to read. I tried getting my book club to read it, but I ended up getting it from Book Red, so... Oh, my God. Yes, you need to but read that damn list, book, Jason. So. Come on, now. Yeah, I, I need to read it by, what, December, I think, is when it's coming out, so... Uh, no, the Whoa. air date is next March. They've got it set uh, for... so it's a lot further back. Okay, yeah, March, March the 30th. You got you got plenty of time. You still got you still got to see Black Panther before that. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's all the pre... That's all most of the pre, um, pre-con pre news that I've heard. But I heard there was some other big announcement. Yeah, April. some really big announcement. Something huge. So huge. There was two deaths. Yeah, I just heard about those. Bigger than that, but still. I know. I'm doing the deaths first. <gasps> oh, no. Mm-hmm. You don't even know who that is. Nope. Martin Landau. <laughs> yeah, uh, I missed that guy. Was in the hospital and died from complications. He was in Ed Wood, Nine, Mission Impossible. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Andrage, yeah. Frank and Weenie. Oh, he's 89. Uh, but yeah, he died Hopefully today. Good, Hopefully he had a good life. And then for anyone who likes the old iconic zombie movies, George Romero. He was the director of The Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. He Got is it. dead at 77. Oh my gosh, look at his glasses. They're so he huge. Was, he was battling an aggressive battle with lung cancer. Mm-hmm. Oh, another... Oh. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. If not for Romero, the zombie phenomenon that we have right now would not probably be as strong yeah. if Unfor- not for his influence. Unfortunately, Jason, he had disdain for war. Oh, no, World War Z. Never mind, we're good. I was thinking Z Nation, but yeah, no. he did not like World War Z or La La Land. Yeah, World War Z was weird, though. Just how they worked. <laughs> the, the, the zombies just didn't make sense, in my mind. Yeah, World War Z was stupid. But yeah, he's dead. Anyways, the big news of the night that I, like, freaked out about all day, because I'm like, oh my god, I can't fucking watch it. Yep, drumroll, please. They have announced the 13th Doctor for the next season of Doctor Who. And guess what, Jason? We have another Doctor the same age as us. Oh, good. Because Matt Smith was born in 82. Yay! But the new Doctor will be played by Ms. What? Jodie Whittaker. Hold on, I, hold on. I gotta be like every. I have to be like half the uh, fanboy. Most of the fanboys that were online today. What a woman! Oh, the show's gonna go to shit now. And I'm gonna be like every woman. Psh, girl power. It's what we've been needing all along. Thank you, Stephen Moffat, for paving the way. And look at Wonder Woman sales. Thank you. Exactly. No, I'm. Ex- I'm very excited to see this. I mean, I know nothing of the actress. And the only thing um, I know is she was in Broadchurch, and I've never watched Broadchurch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Did we figure thing. out if that was um, BBC um, Broadchurch, or if that, that's American Broadchurch? Probably BBC Broadchurch, because I recognize nothing else that she was in. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, she is slotted to play the new Doctor. She <laughs> is the 13th Doctor. Oh my god. Yeah, she's I, I never thought anything, we would get to the day, honestly. Yeah, she's not in anything super famous. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're hoping she'll stick around for a while. Well, you got to think well, you got to think about this. Um Tenet oh. was hardly known in the US when that came out. Yeah. Yeah, anyone who knew him knew him as Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. I mean, like she's and, got quite a few movies under her belt. So right, she she has clout, and especially she has TV clout, miniseries, miniseries, TV series, you know, the four smoke. episode, five episodes here, Broadchurch, eight episodes of The Smoke. You know, she's got clout. So yeah, let's see what she. I'm I'm excited. I really was excited when I heard about this. I'm like, 
Like, you guys are shit. I'm like, I look at the video on Twitter, I'm like, are you shitting me? We actually get a female doctor? Ha, this is great. I Billy like Piper Billy Piper tweeted, yes, an emoji of a rose. And uh, Freema Agaiman, boom, change isn't a dirty word. Hashtag Dr. 13. Mm-hmm. And Karen Gillan had called for a female Time Lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yay. We kind of expected that. Like, there was, like, you know, a lot of, you know, background noise. About I mean, there were people one. saying that they've never watched it, and now they might actually start. Yeah, it'll definitely draw in more of the female crowd, who mm-hmm. is probably... More of a female crowd. Well, than they male were crowd. saying that it seemed with the numbers of the people that watched the first like three or four episodes of the last season with uh, Capaldi that the numbers were dropping. Like people were getting yeah. bored with the show. I know I was. Well, we didn't I... watch it. Like we haven't seen them, so I haven't been compelled. Yeah. I yeah, watched a few episodes with Capaldi and I didn't care for him. And it seemed like everything was based around robots and technology, and it was getting old. Yeah. Yeah, that first season I watched, but you outside of that, I didn't watch that. the last couple with him in it, so yeah. I, I don't feel like I missed anything. Yeah, so... I and I know and I've, I know I've got another person that was very also happy that Moffat's no longer going to be attached to it, so now she might be... They might be inclined to go to actually watch it again, too. Huh. So people didn't like Moffat, I think. Yeah, some people didn't have a feeling feel for Moffat, so <laughs> apparently... Um, with Moffat leaving and her coming in, um, and actually the person that's going to be taking over is also um, the creator of Broadchurch. Yeah, I was just looking at that. It's got actually a pretty decent rating, eight point four out of on out of ten on AMDb. So ninety two mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, she could be April. Good. Really big news there. Mm-hmm. Big freaking news. <laughs> I was so, ready to throw things because Comcast pissed me off. Yeah. Well, that and BBC pissed me well, off I, because I, I you can only BBC. watch watch Wimbledon on BBC One, son, sons of bitches. But you know what? That's okay because it was announced before they said it yeah. would be. Exactly. They announced it before the Wimbledon. But still, that's that's the best news we got all day, I think. Or I guess it was our time Wimbledon. Anyways. Yep. So, awesome news, guys. Yeah. Anything uh, else, my friends? I got nothing more. Just that we have a D&D 5th edition jungle adventure PDF floating around the internet now that's an intro to Chult. Oh, yeah, you said something about that, didn't you? Jungle adventure? <laughs> yep. It's supposed to prepare you for a tomb of, uh, tomb of Annihilation. Was it, mm. You said it was 5th level, didn't you? 5th edition. Oh, oh yeah, it's a 14, no, what did they say? A 14 to 28 hour adventure for 5th level characters. Yeah. So that sounds like it'd be a good one. In the jungles of Chult lies Camp Highmore, a trading place in the heart of the wilderness. Here the fittest rule, but an elf has recently tipped the scale of power by stealing secret military information. Of course he did. A group of adventurers are hired to track her down and bring her back to Camp Highmore. Woo! Sounds like worst summer camp ever. <laughs> so I have that downloaded. We have that. So. Cool. Go. Cool. 